Are you ready to talk baseball? Well, step up to the plate. You're listening to Passion for the Pastime. And here's your host, Walter. Hey, how's it going, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of the podcast. It has been a while. I apologize. I have been swamped at work, but we're back at it. No, no excuses. I'm not making excuses here. I'm just, I'm just letting you know what's going on with me. I'm just, I'm just letting you know. But welcome back to the podcast. I am glad to be back doing it. And we got a good one in store for you on this one. I am going to be speaking. We're going north of the border once again. Uh, if you remember at the beginning of this kind of new format of what I've been doing with the podcast of getting interviews, uh, Ben Nicholson-Smith was actually one of the first. I believe that he was the second guest uh, that I ever had on the podcast. So he is coming back. We are going to check in north of the border in Toronto for the Buffalo Blue Jays of Toronto. <laughs> We're going to be speaking with Ben Nicholson-Smith of Sportsnet and co-host of At The Letters Podcast. We're going to be talking Blue Jays Central all podcast long because you know I cannot get enough of Mr. Vlad Jr., okay? I am obsessed with Vlad Jr. highlights at this point in the baseball season because this guy is just going off right now. Uh, he is hitting well over 300. I want. I, I don't. I don't have his stats, and I should. I'm not. I'm not prepared. I'm not prepared. But I should have his stats right in front of me. I'm gonna go ahead and stall a little bit. I'm gonna go ahead and look up his stats right now on MLB.com. I am typing it in, and my computer is super fast. I am. I. Uh. You. You should be jealous of my computer right now. I'm looking it up, and I have the stats now in front of me. It only took me like 30 seconds, but uh, Vlad Jr. In 57 games, in 204 at-bats, and yes, I am reading this straight off of MLB.com, he has 11 doubles, one triple. Good for you, Vladdy. One triple. Uh, 18 home runs. That's the stat right there. He is leading. uh, uh, 18 home run leading Vladimir Guerrero of MLB. And 47 RBIs, and that is only behind uh, Austin Meadows, and Rafael Devers, and wow, I I didn't even realize that that who is what who is in front of uh, Vlad Guerrero right now, <laughs> and they're both in the same division. That is how tough the AL East is. That is literally how tough it is. And uh, speaking of the AL East, before I get on this uh, Vlad tangent, right, we're gonna get back into Vlad. Speaking of the AL East, Yankees fans, roll call. How how are you guys doing after the weekend? Shout out to my guy Marcus. These these guys, they, they got swept in the Bronx by none other than the Red Sox. I, I know the feeling. The Giants just got swept by the Dodgers in uh Chavez, or not Chavez Ravine and uh 24 Willie Mays Plaza in San Francisco. I know the feeling, Red Sox fan. How how you how you feeling, Yankee fans? I know the feeling. How you feeling? Are, are you okay? Because I was seriously, when that happened a couple weeks ago for the Giants, when the Dodgers came in and we were feeling good, we were like, all right, we're ready for the Dodgers. We're ready for this. They get swept. And then fast forward a couple days later, (laughs) they lose another one at Chavez Ravine, four in a row. I was like throwing in the towel, man. I was like, you know what? This is it. (laughs) I'm done. I'm done with them. And then what do they do? Go win the next three. And then I'm like, all right, they're they're just they're just playing with my heart. But the but the Yankees, man, is that a is that a new low for 
for the Bronx Bombers. This is the first time the Red Sox swept the Yankees in the Bronx in a decade, almost to the day. June 7th to June 9th in 2011 was the last time that the Red Sox did that. Now, I mean, we, you want to start talking about a decade-long uh, or decade-plus long drought. I mean, let, let, let's just throw out there that the Yankees haven't won anything since 2009, and I am fine with it. <laughs> I am fine with the Yankees, uh, and I'm sure Ben is too. Ben Nicholson-Smith, we're going to be talking with him. Um, we, we, uh, he covers the Blue Jays. But, man, what a, what a new low for the Yankees. I mean, is it... Is it fire sale time? Like, are they are they gonna are, are they are they sellers at the, at the deadline? Like, is, is that what's gonna happen? What is going on there uh, in New York? When you look at the standings, also, I'm gonna go ahead and put this pull this up on MLB.com. Uh, when you look at the standings, they are only a half game back of Toronto, but they're in fourth place right now. You got Tampa Bay, Boston, Toronto, and the Yankees. And I know it's early. I know it's early. But, man, that has to be demoralizing. And the Blue Jays and the Yankees play each other um, at the back end of what is a grueling schedule uh, that the Blue Jays have coming up. They have the White Sox this week, followed by the Red Sox. So you get both Sox. And then you get the pinstripes. Two Sox and pinstripes in the same week. That, uh... That, that is not a good recipe for success. But we're going to see what happens with Toronto because, I mean, hell, anything is possible with Vlad Jr. at the helm. And I just, I just love to see, because I am, I'm Latino. You guys know this. And if you didn't, well, spoiler, <laughs> if you didn't know that. But I am Latino. I'm uh, Peruvian and Nicaraguense. I, I, uh, I, I rep my, my heritage proudly. Maybe one more than the other. But, uh, you know, when you look at the leaderboards, when you look at the stats, I love, 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 seeing Vlad Jr., Acuna, Rafael Devers. I love seeing all these guys at the top. I, I absolutely love it. And if you don't love it, what's wrong with you? I love seeing Tatis Jr. Yeah, he's a padre, but... Hey, uh, do it for the culture, bro. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. But when you look at all these guys, it just it's it's so amazing. Javier Baez also shout out Javier Baez. He just came into Chicago or San Francisco. I don't, I don't know. Did he really do anything this past this past years? <laughs> By the way, Giants. Uh, talking talking news over the weekend. Giants taking out the hottest team in baseball. They won nine out of ten coming into San Francisco. The Cubs did. And what did the Giants do? Damn near swept them. They could have. They won three out of four. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. But three out of four against a team that was nine out of ten. That is, uh, that, that is impressive, to say the least. But I just love seeing all these guys. The, the youth movement in baseball. Well, how old, what, what's the average age of uh, Vlad Acuna and Tatis? I mean, Vlad is is what? Vlad Jr. has to be like 22, right? Vlad Jr., yeah, Vlad Jr. is 22. Acuna is 23. And Tatis is 22. So, yeah, the, the, average, <laughs> the average age of these guys is what, 22 and a half? I don't know. I, I'm not good at math on the fly, but 22, 22, 23? I mean, I, I would say 20, what, 22, 
and and maybe a little bit over a half, like twenty twenty two point seven five years old. I, I don't know, but that is beautiful to look at. I love it, and I love that they're all bat flipping too. Shout shout out to uh, shout out shout out to Ronald Acuna by the way, who did the ultimate troll thing. And, and and I love it because it was against Trevor Bauer. So, I mean, everyone that's like, ah, I, I hate it. I hate the bat flips. I hate the, the showboating. Well, it was against Trevor Bauer. So maybe you'll like it a little more. But this guy got walked by Trevor Bauer and he bat flipped. <laughs> I, I fell on the floor laughing when I saw that. It was hilarious. And then what does Trevor Bauer go and do? Strikes him out with his eyes closed. <laughs> My God, man. Uh, Trevor Bauer is just a guy that you love to hate. I mean, let's just be honest. He is. But we're not talking about Trevor Bauer. We're, talk we're talking about these young cats that are leading the way, uh, this new wave of baseball. I just love it. I absolutely love it. Tatis Jr., Ronald Acuna, and Vlad Jr. And I'm so disappointed that I was not able to see Vlad Jr. Uh, when, when the Blue Jays came out to Oakland. And it was at the beginning of the season. It was it was kind of fresh. I didn't really know what the protocols were. We were kind of getting into getting back to normal. I didn't know what to do. And then I was busy with work, so I wasn't able to uh, attend a game at the Coliseum to see my boy Vladdy. But I mean, he's coming to he's coming to Anaheim at the end of the year. He's going to Seattle. Maybe I got to do a road trip. I don't know. Maybe by that point, uh, Ben Nicholson Smith will be on the road. Maybe we'll uh, we'll catch up there because we are going to be speaking with Ben Nicholson Smith, beat writer of the Toronto Blue Jays. We're going to talk Vlad. We're going to talk some trade talk. We're going to talk local kid, and by local I mean Bay Area guy, dude from San Francisco. Went to Cal Berkeley. Went to St. Mary's High School. This guy, Marcus Simeon, the signing of the offseason. No, it wasn't George Springer. <laughs> it wasn't George Springer for the Blue Jays. It was Marcus Simeon. Who would have thought? On a one year, I think he's like 20 mil. Yeah, it's well worth it right now because he is, uh, outside of Vlad Jr., he is the MVP of that team. This guy is having a fantastic year. Love to see it. Love to see uh, somebody from the Bay Area uh, doing it well. And then I, I just also love to rub it in uh, the Ace fans also. Like, hey, you, you, see what you see what you guys gave up? See what you could have had? That's Marcus Simeon right there. See what you did? Love doing that. But we are going to talk all of that coming up next. We are speaking with Ben Nicholson-Smith of the Toronto Blue Jays, beat writer for the Toronto Blue Jays. Coming up next, you are listening to Passion for the Pastime Podcast. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Passion for the Pastime. Your host, Walter, here. And we're going north of the border once again. But it's been a while uh, to talk some Blue Jays baseball because you guys already know that I am a big Vlad Jr. fan. But to help me talk about the Blue Jays, we are going to speak with Ben Nicholson-Smith of Sportsnet and co-host of At The Letters Podcast. You can find that on uh, Spotify, pretty much any platform that has a podcast. Ben, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Walter. Thanks for having me on. It's good to be talking some baseball, so appreciate the invitation. Yeah, I appreciate you coming back, man. It was uh, it, I, We haven't talked in, in quite some time. The last time we spoke uh, was in January, and we were talking about the Blue Jays, what they can do. They were still looking to add some pieces. We were talking possibly Trevor Bauer, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, like two days after we spoke on the podcast, Mark, Marcus Simeon 
shows up in Toronto. How are you loving that signing right now? It's been a great signing. I mean, as as anyone from the Bay Area knows, after having watched him for the A's, he's such a good player when he's on. He's really tapped into his power. Over here, he's playing second base, uh, which, of course, is a bit of a difference, but he's got the skill set to do it really well. So he's been playing really well defensively, stealing lots of bases. I think he's maybe eight for nine with steals and then the home run. So you're looking at a complete player and someone who's really fit in nicely at the top of the Blue Jays order where you know George Springer's barely played at all. And he was, of course, the big flashy offseason, but Semyon has by far been the most productive of the two so far this season. Yeah, and that's a that's another thing too with George Springer, because um, Marcus Simeon obviously he's being the more productive player, right? Because I think he's been on the, he's been on the field more than uh, George Springer. But um, what, what's going on with George Springer right now? What's his timetable as far as a return uh, to the Blue Jays lineup? And he's getting closer, and we've been saying that for a while now. The Jays haven't really put a firm timeline on it, but the way things are looking. He has been able to get out there and run some sprints in the outfield. He's been able to run the bases a little bit. So those are good signs that he works his way back from a quad injury. Obviously has to be able to move with ease. And it seems like he's able to do that now. So what he's going to have to do next is test that in a game setting. And it looks like those tests would likely come at a AAA level, get him some reps against pitching, which he's barely seen any of over the last, two months so he's got to get into some games for sure and test the quad so i mean best case scenario we could be looking at a week but we've seen the blue Jays really decide to move cautiously with springer because they rushed him back once and they don't want to do that again yeah well and and what's um really you know telling or or i guess what's impressive about the blue jays is they're I mean, they're they're keeping pace, right? In their in their division, they're they're third, I believe, right now in the ALE standings, uh, behind the Red Sox, behind the Rays. They're ahead of the Yankees, um, but I mean, they're doing that with tons of in- injuries, and George Springer being one of those big that big uh, piece. And they were without Robbie uh, Robbie Ray um, at the beginning of the year. Um, Nate Pearson isn't doing what people were anticipating him doing in year two. Um, but how how are the Blue Jays? stringing together success early on in the season right now. How are they doing that? They have had some good stories on the pitching side of things, which is which is something they really needed and not really the way the team was built. But you look at Matt, who had such an awful year in 2020. He's rebounded to be a solid mid or back of the rotation starter. You mentioned Robbie Ray. He's been pretty good. Some home run issues, but basically... Uh, throwing more strikes and, and attacking the zone more. So that's a good sign. Ryu has been excellent, as you would expect, whenever he's healthy. Um, so they've had some solid pitching. The bullpen carries them initially in the early part of the season, was really overperforming, did a great job, and has since completely plummeted and, and now is very, very vulnerable. They, they definitely need relief help on this team. But, of course, having the best hitter in the league helps too. And Vlad Guerrero Jr. at this point, is basically that. And, and, you know, you mentioned our conversation a few months back, right? At that point, it was all potential. It was all, hey, we think he's in good shape and it looks like things are coming together for him and he's saying the right things. But, man, to see that translate onto the field night after night for a period of two months really has elevated him from being someone who was a prospect 
to being someone who belongs in the same conversation as Soto and Acuna and Tatis. And that's saying something because those guys are amazing players and Vladdy is now in that group. I love looking at the stats, right, um, and looking around the league because me myself, I, I am I'm La- I'm I'm Latino, right? I'm I'm Peruvian and Nicaraguense, um, but you know, looking at these Latin players um, and looking at the stats, looking at the leaderboards, you see Vlad Jr. right there. You got Acuna right there. You got Tatis. Uh, Soto's probably not not too far behind that, but it's just amazing what uh, the new the new look of MLB is is taking on right now with those guys um, at the forefront of it. But yeah, Vlad Jr., he's finally, um, this is the Vlad that everybody's been waiting for, right? I mean, this is, uh, there's no there's no going back from here. Yeah, I think, that's, I think that's fair to say. We've seen right now, to do that in two months, like you can't flute your way into this. You just can't. Like you, you, he's walking more than he strikes out. He's hitting these home runs that are just massive home runs. He's hitting to all fields. If you watch him night after night, you'll see him hit the ball to right field. You'll see him inside out the ball through the shift. And then you'll see him pull a laser down the left field line. So there's just no easy way to pitch to him. He is very comfortable working account deep and hitting with two strikes. And he trusts his eyes. So more often than not, he, found, he finds himself in these two, one, three, one hitters counts. And then the pitchers are just helpless out there. Like, what do you do at that point? He's on the breaking stuff. He's ready for a fastball at any time. If you throw it outside the zone, he's going to take his walk. And if you throw it inside the zone, he can hit it to any part of the field. So we're looking at a skill set here that is just incredible. I mean, it's the kind of skill set that you see from elite hitters in major league baseball. And he's already there at 22 years old. So yeah, I think he's here to stay. I think at this point, you don't necessarily anticipate that he's going to post three and a half war over every two month period. Of course, there are going to be some lulls, some injuries. That happens to every player. But we've seen the ceiling, and at 22 years old, there's a long period of time for Vladdy to show everyone that what he's doing is sustainable. We're talking with Ben Nicholson-Smith, beat writer for the Toronto Blue Jays for uh, Sportsnet and also co-host of At The Letters Podcast. Now, we're talking Vladdy here, and have you, where, where are you actually, uh, Ben? Are you in Toronto still, or are you in Buffalo? Have you been able to see uh, Vlad Jr. in person yet? Well, I saw him in person last spring and not since oh, then. It's, yeah, I am here in Toronto. Yeah, it, it's pretty wild. It's uh Basically, the very short version I'll give you here is that anyone who leaves Canada, when they return, they have to quarantine and like a strict quarantine, not leaving your house for 14 days. And so that's why the Blue Jays are not able to do that cross-border travel that they would normally do. And by extension, most media members uh, who are based in Toronto are still in Toronto and covering the team via Zoom. Wow. Well, that that's that's probably really difficult. I mean, I mean, uh, because yeah. I love to see Vlad uh, in person, and myself, uh, they already made the the West Coast trip, so to speak, or I guess the Bay Area trip. Uh, they already came to Oakland, and I was I was so bummed I wasn't able to get out there to see Vlad Jr. Because as we spoke uh, before, I saw him uh, in San Francisco. He hit his first two home runs in the, in one game. 
And man, those were just rockets off the bat. I I haven't seen anything like that probably since Barry Bonds. Like so, it's that kind of sound uh, at AT and or then AT and T now Oracle Park. But yeah, I missed that opportunity. So po- possibly I'll have to uh, maybe go down to Anaheim or or go up to Seattle. Maybe I, I don't know. I have to see uh, what the schedule looks like. But I believe that they have a, a late. West Coast trip um, in September or August or something like that. I'm gonna have them try to see the see the trip. But hopefully, um, you know the the Blue Jays get back to Toronto. What what's on the what's on that front right now? I mean, it's kind of up in the air. Does anybody know um, as far as when it could happen? It, it's a big question, obviously. And you know, like you said, it's it's pretty weird <laughs> covering <laughs> yeah. the, the team from. Uh, from this far away, it's okay. There are much bigger problems in the world right now. And I yeah. totally realize that. So I'm, I'm, I'm not complaining, but it's definitely weird. And, <laughs> you know, you think about um, just trying to watch these players. And, of course, that's that's the most, that's the best way to do it. You know, I hope that you do get the chance to see Vladdy in person. It's always that much more fun to see these guys up close and get a sense of their scale and get a sense of their speed. It's, it's great. But, yeah, at this point, the Blue Jays are just working with the federal government, the provincial government, the city of Toronto, trying to make sure that they can get back here. That's their goal. They want to be back here, but they want to be back here in a way that is safe and in a way that kind of makes sense for their players. I don't get the sense that they would want to return to Toronto only to have to stay in a hotel with no permission to leave. I mean, that would be a tough sell potentially for the players for an extended period of time. If we're into the playoffs and the Blue Jays are in October and the vaccine rollout has continued across Canada and gotten a lot better, then we might be looking at a different scenario. But so many variables in play, it really is tough to predict. And so all I can really say is I hope they get back here. I hope they can do it safely. And I would welcome having a chance to see baseball games in Toronto after, I mean, now we're coming up on two years since they last played here. Yeah, and, w- and when they do get back to Toronto, because the Toronto fan base is just insane, right? I mean, and I mean that in every good way possible. When they do go back to the Rogers Center, uh, it's going to be it's going to be ex- exciting. Uh, I can al- almost say that with certainty. But but yeah, the 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 plan um, to return to Toronto, I think it was even. They were talking about it last year um, when everything was starting up. They were talking about using a, um, a, a hotel that's connected to the ballpark or something like that. I don't know the layout, but uh, I know that they were talking about that. And, yeah, having the players, having visiting teams uh, quarantine while they're there. It, it's just it's too complicated. I mean, just just wait. Like, you know, there's, there's no reason to rush it um, at this point. But it, it sounded um, like a pipe dream almost uh, to, to have that type of scenario play out in Toronto. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's that's the very um, exact situation is they have a hotel attached to the stadium. And, and anyone even kind of picture Rogers Center, it's a very big uh, stadium built in about 1989. And there was a hotel attached to the base of it. So normally, that's just regular guests. And in the course of the pandemic last season, they brought the Blue Jays up here to do their summer camp and they just stayed in the hotel and they never left the right. building for like right. three weeks. And so, you know, you can do that for three weeks if it's spring training. Are you going to try to do that for two or three months and then you have families and, I, you know, that's where it does get pretty complicated. So 
hopefully, I mean, the, the vaccine rollout, everything in Canada really is trending in the right direction. It's really, I mean, the, the states, you guys are setting the bar really high and, you know, globally speaking, and Canada's right there behind you. So hopefully that means that Canada can safely ease those restrictions when it comes to the border and then the Blue Jays can travel with a bit more ease. So that's one possibility. The other thing is the NHL, as they're doing their playoffs, there are going to have the Canadian team, looks like the Habs or maybe the Jets, will be doing some travel as well to the States. It looks like, I think it's either Vegas or Colorado, depending on where things go. So that would be a precedent that could help the Blue Jays. Speaking of uh, NHL playoffs, man, Toronto, Maple Leafs, that was rough. That was rough last week. It was rough. It was so rough. Yeah, I mean, I'm not... Um, Thankfully, I don't live and die with the Leafs or else that my mental health would be in a much worse place. But I do, you know, I like watching the Leafs. I think Austin Matthews is just incredible. And so, you know, with guys like him or McDavid, I just, I like the sport. And so I, I appreciate what they can do. And yeah, it was, it was a disaster. Yeah, I was, I was rooting for my guy, Joe, man, Joe Thornton over there. Longtime uh, uh, San Jose Shark. I was rooting for him. I was, I was rooting for him. But yeah, it was, it was rough. It was, it was it was a rough week, so so uh, yeah. That yeah. hopefully you know the the attention shifts to the Toronto Blue Jays because they are just in, in a good position. I mean, if you look at the standings, they're in third place right now. I believe that they're only one game out of the wild card, and yeah, it's June. Why are we talking about the wild card? I mean, we have a lot to go. Three months being locked in a hotel. Yeah, I could barely do that uh, in my own home. You know what I mean? So I wouldn't expect that to to happen uh, with with the team moving forward. But we're talking with Ben Nicholson-Smith of Sportsnet, co-host of At The Letters Podcast. And we're talking more Vladdy. I mean, what he has doing, what is what he has been doing this year um, is, you know, he's putting himself on the map. He's being in the conversation with Acuna, with Tatis, with Soto, as we mentioned. And um, is it too early to talk MVP consideration? Is it too early to talk triple crown possibilities for Vlad Jr. right now as we are in the the first week going into the second week of June? You know, some people would say yes, but I am not among those people. I think, you know, when it comes to award races, when it comes to even trade talk, I mean, that's the fun part about sports, right? So I think if we want to talk about that stuff, I think we should go for it. And Vladdy deserves to be front and center in that conversation. I think Shohei Otani, obviously, just an incredible baseball player and athlete and belongs in that discussion, too, as long as he's doing what he's doing. So he's in that mix. I mean, Garrett Cole's having a great season on the mound. Xander Bogart, I mean, J.D. Martinez is, is hitting great. I think in Houston, you've got guys like Alex Bregman and Carlos Correa who are off to kind of good rather than great starts, but would anyone be surprised if they had an amazing four months and put themselves in that race? Like, I think it's still open, but if the voting was held today, I think Vladdy would have to win. Oh yeah. But Vladdy is at the top of the list for me. And I might be a little biased. Maybe, maybe you're biased too. I mean, you cover the team, right? So, yeah. but, but uh, look, look at the stats, man. He's in, t- I think he's leading um, the, the, the American league in almost all the hitting categories as far as batting average um, home runs. I think he's second in RBIs now. I think he's right behind uh, Raphael Devers or something like that. But, uh, but yeah, no, he's, he's putting out a very good season so far. Hopefully he keeps it up. And if it does come down to Vlad jr. And Otani, 
I mean, hey, I, I might have to make that trip to Anaheim uh, to, to see a Vlad Jr. versus Otani, but with, with Otani on the mound. None, none the, I mean, man, that would be amazing. It, it would be. I mean, this is, I, I don't know. Again, I probably am biased, um, but <laughs> at the same time, you know, you think about you think about this MVP race, and if it is Shohei Otani versus Vlad Jr., you've got this two-way modern-day Babe Ruth who just has these skills that jump off the page. And then you have a guy in Vlad Jr. whose dad is a Hall of Famer, yeah. who's on an up-and-coming young team, and at 22 years old, he's younger than some guys who are going to be drafted this summer. Like He is still a kid, and even though he's in his third year, he is a young, young baseball player emerging into his prime. So, you know, I think almost every year the MVP race is pretty good, but this is better than, you know, okay, we've got Mookie Betts, who's been good for five straight years against Mike Crow, who's been good for seven straight years. Like, those are good, too. I like those races, but they're a bit less exciting than, like, Shohei Otani putting it all together and Vlad Jr. having a season for the ages. Yeah, and, and you know when you move forward away from Vladdy, because we we we've just gotten into this rabbit hole of Vladdy love here on the last couple of minutes of podcast, but uh, you know when you go away from Vladdy, right? I mean, trade deadline it's coming up at the end of this uh, end of this month. What 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 do you think the Blue Jays need to bring in to help out Vladdy and help out that team? to reach new heights. What, what do you think that is the main focus in that front office as they go closer to the, to the, to the deadline? Well, they definitely have work to do. And as much as, you know, there's, there's a lot of reason to be excited about Vlad and the Blue Jays and where they're headed. Like this team is by no means perfect. And especially like, you know, having watched every one of their games, it's kind of easy to see what the flaws are. I mean, they on a good night right now, their bullpen has, two relievers out of nine that they can trust, Dolis and Romano. And that's on a good night. That's not on the nights that those guys maybe threw a lot of pitches the night before. So there are nights where they might have one reliever they trust. So clearly they need to be adding to the bullpen. That's a must for this front office. And I think alongside that, you probably want to upgrade the rotation, bump Ross Stripling back into more of a swingman role, and just deepen the overall staff, maybe improve the bullpen in the process. So definitely, I'd say two relievers. I'd say one starting pitcher. And, you know, they, they could use a left-handed bat because they have this right-hand heavy lineup right now. It would help them if they could get even, you know, a bench player who could play a little third, a little first, some outfield. That would be good. If you can do a little better than that and you get someone with legit power like a Kyle Schwarber or maybe it's a Colin Moran or a Joey Gallo. Those are guys who I think should be on the radar of this team as the deadline approaches because they need more offense. I know it's kind of crazy to say with Springer coming back and the flat, but you can just never have enough hitting and injuries will happen. So I think they should get greedy and add to their offense as well. Well, and even with uh, George Springer coming back and even uh, Kevin Biggio also, that almost is like a shot to the arm, um, you know, a a trade in and of itself because they haven't been there and then they come in, it's almost like you acquired somebody. So maybe that could be uh, the shot to the arm and the offense and then they focus on pitching. Who knows what they do? It's always fun to speculate what these teams are going to do uh, going into the trade deadline. Um, But a big stretch of games here coming up, Ben, you got the White Sox, you got the Red Sox, and the Yankees. That is a grueling 
uh, next week of baseball for the Blue Jays? Oh, it, it is. And I mean, that's the reality of playing in the American League East is you pretty rarely have easy spots in your schedule. And the Jays will thankfully finally get to play the Orioles later this <laughs> month, but they've gone to this point in the season. They haven't even got to play Baltimore, which is just like, what a brutal schedule for this team, especially because as we were talking about before, they haven't had any kind of home base. They've been these nomads. So, you know, it is a tough, uh, tough grind, but no one's going to give them a break. I mean, they're playing the White Sox starting tomorrow and the Red Sox after that. And it's not like those teams show up and say, you know, hey, we should really give them, take it easy on these guys. It's Major League Baseball. You've got to figure it out with the circumstances that, that you're dealt. And that's what the Blue Jays have to do. And if they're good enough, we'll see them at the top of the, at the standings toward the end of the year. It's so funny because the, the Orioles are kind of like, uh, for the for the Giants fans in the Bay Area, the Orioles for you are, are like uh, the the Rockies and the Diamondbacks. We haven't seen them either this year. <laughs> we're, we're waiting, you know. Wow. We had to we had to deal with uh, we had to deal with the 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 Dodgers like ten times and the Padres like ten times. But I believe we've only played Arizona like twice or something like that. I don't even know if we played the Rockies. Maybe maybe a three game series in Colorado or something like that. But we haven't seen them uh, nearly as much as we would want to. But they're coming up. They're coming up here. So uh, I know how that feels you're looking at the Orioles schedule you're like yeah that that uh that that looks like a nice uh, nice little road trip there to Baltimore <laughs> yeah totally well I, I mean the Giants have been making the most of it even despite that tough schedule so good for them they're gonna be a, they're gonna be a fun team to watch this summer too yeah I'm hoping I am hoping and uh is Nate Pearson on the block we need some pitching is, is he uh is he available <laughs> Well, I I wouldn't say available, but uh, <laughs> he's got to figure it out first. He's got to get some consistency. Like he's, he's I know you're half kidding there, but he's throwing like you know seventy pitches to get through three four innings. So he's got a he's got some work to do in the next couple months. You know, I I thought I was slick, Ben, and I'm and I'm gonna let you go here. But re- before you go, I thought I was slick. I, I play fantasy baseball. I don't know if you do as well, but that's a big thing. I play fantasy sports all the time, and I was like, hey, I have an IL spot. Let me go get Nate Pearson early in the season. Let me wait for him to come back. And his first start, I I don't even know if he got out of the first inning. Like it it was it was brutal, and I was waiting like three weeks for him to to come in. I thought I was slick, and, and yeah, it, it that did not pan out well for me. <laughs> but hopefully he's it, able it to uh, put it together. Yeah, it's always tough with those fantasy. Uh, I did that with Noah Syndergaard on my team, and then he blew out. So I, I know the feeling. <laughs> All right, Ben. Well, it's always fun to catch up with you, man. Um, you know, keep doing your thing. Blue Jays, it's going to be a fun summer, and we'll talk down the line, man. And hopefully uh, the next time we speak – you're able to get some uh, some baseball in Toronto. You're able to see these guys. You're able to see Vlad Jr. Uh, in person up and close. That would be awesome. Yeah, that would be great. But uh, always good to talk to you, Walter, and good luck to those Giants in the next couple months. Hopefully they keep things interesting. Oh, yeah, I sure hope so. But I think what I could say for both of us, Ben, is that we are uh, in store for a fun summer. So, again, Ben, thank you for coming on, and I'll talk to you down the line, man. Thanks. All right, and again, that was Ben Nicholson-Smith of Sportsnet, beat writer for the Toronto Blue Jays and co-host of At The Letters Podcast. And as I mentioned earlier, uh, that is available on all platforms. So go ahead and check that out if you want to uh, listen 
in on what is going on with the Blue Jays. Very informative podcast. Uh, pretty much what you got here with our conversation with Ben Nicholson Smith. And also give him a, a follow on Twitter at B Nicholson Smith to be up to date on everything. You know, you want to see some Vladdy home runs? Go ahead, go ahead and check out his Twitter page. It, it is worth it. Um, and Ben is such a great guy. Appreciate him coming on. It was a fun conversation. And I appreciate you all for listening to this episode of Passion for the Past Time. I hope you enjoyed it. As much as I did, it was a lot of fun. Always fun to talk to uh, Ben Nicholson-Smith. Next time we talk, we're going to have to talk some food uh, because I didn't even get in there. Uh, Poutine. I got to get his take on what poutine is and if he is down with the cause. So hope you guys enjoyed this one. I sure did. And we'll talk next time. We will be speaking with play-by-play of the San Jose Giants going down to the farm talking with Joe Rizzo. We will be speaking with him later on in the week so you guys stay tuned for that hope you guys had a good one be safe and i will talk to you next time